Ladies and gentlemen, it's risking failure. It's that time of the week where you've chosen to press play on your favourite podcast or the one that just seemed like a best option of the poor options today. Let's be honest, we've all done that. This is Mark Dobson on the other side of the world, my good friend Nick Dunn. And today we're going to have a red hot crack at a topic that's hot on my mind. Mick, how are you today? I am good, mate. My life as a series of two-week experiments is going well. I think, um, as our listeners can attest, the last two weeks was the uh, test of not doing any recordings for risking failure, and hopefully the next two will be an experiment where we do, but I'm getting pretty good. What was your theme for last week? Well, uh, last time we talked, you know, we were talking about not resolutions, but I was saying that I was trying to sort of turn, see, just experiment with the idea of like breaking my time up into two week increments of just what I want to achieve every two weeks. It's been going pretty good. I'd say um, I'm sticking with it on the diet stuff. That's been great and reintroducing some new stuff every two weeks. But um, yeah, it's kind of just fallen into a heap on the work side that I don't know that I've managed to maintain the two-week stuff. But um, life is good, mm. though. Mm. Yeah, that's that's good. Some things just aren't necessarily two-week tasks. Themes are they? like I find with work, I tend to work on quarters for me. That's But if I think about, say, diet, if I want to influence my diet, I, I sort of aim for a week or two and then... See how we go, and then it, then I go right now. I'll expand it to a month, so um, et cetera, et cetera, and similar things as, as, as such and such. So they say, et cetera. Now, the topic for today is I, don't, I, th- I think I want to call the topic chores, like the chores around the house. <laughs> I wrote it down in the. Um, you know, when you got to save the file. So, this recording is called Outsourcing Chores. But that's not – it sounds a bit lame, right? But so, think about it more like this. I – you know, we have the house down the coast, which we're actually looking at selling, which is a big big move for B&I. But we have a mower man that does the lawns. And that makes sense because for, say, 60 or 80 bucks, depending on seasons and stuff, that's done. I turn up and it's not done. I mean, rather, it's, it's done. Rather, I don't have to do it. That's that's bloody great. Now that Jen, now there's some people listening to this would never outsource mowing their own lawns because they do the old. Well, I could do it. I'm not going to spend hey, eighty bucks. Something I can do. And but really, you, you give up an hour and a half of your Saturday, right? So separate to the argument. No, it's not. It's an hour. It's thirty minutes. It's no trouble. All that sort of stuff. Um, generally, people can accept you might pay someone to mow your lawn. Then, then the next one is well, can I pay someone? clean the house and there's an internal dialogue that many people go through because they feel like it's a waste of money you know I should be able to do it I don't want to let anybody else see you know my house so some people clean their house for the cleaners to come over and so and in business it's reasonable to hire say an assistant or a salesperson to help so I've been thinking about that a little bit and I'd like to hire a few more people. And I'm wondering, when when is it that you sort of lose sight of and disconnect from chores that are fundamentally healthy for you to be doing? All right. So, I'd like to hire someone to fold my clothes. I don't want to put a load of washing on, chucking the dryer, hanging it out, but I hate folding it and putting it all away. And if I hate it and it just sort of builds up because I can't be bothered and then it, then you sort of go, well, that's, this is no fun anymore because it's like you've got a basket of stuff here and stuff. And it, like I'm, I always want to pay someone to do it. And I think that's okay. But I'm wondering, but then also I don't like doing dishes because it happens every day. I'm like, this is stupid. Now, there's sometimes that washing dishes is like a meditation. You just... Switch off, it's no trouble, you're chatting. There's other times it's just there's always crap in the kitchen. You know, like when I say that, you know, you cook. Every time you cook, every time you prepare food, there's always this cleaning to do. And I'd like to outsource all of it. And I actually think that a lot of the times when I eat out through the years, I'm eating out not separate separate to the cost and the preparation time, but also don't have to clean up. Like there's a lot of time allocated to going down the shops and 
buying food and then preparing it and then cleaning it up. And I want to, I want to outsource everything, Mick. But at what point do you become precious and you don't have, you don't do any work? Like I work, but it's, I, I, I only, I want to do it so that I can just do what I'm really good at and just keep doing that. Hmm. Well, I know there's the, you know, like the superficial discussion on it that, you know, is really basic stuff that you're probably not going to outsource. But, you know, when you use those really simple answers or questions, rather, I mean, when you're talking about stuff like folding clothes and, you know, that that's really more like this sort of thing. By the time you've got somebody doing that and going and getting your food for you, you basically got a whatever you want to call it. housekeeper. Yeah. Um, great. So, uh, I couldn't imagine trying to outsource some of those minute tasks because it just seems like it would be more work to find somebody, have them come and then deal with all the questions they're going to ask. Now, folding clothes is not that complicated. They're not going to ask a lot of questions, but the idea of outsourcing my food seems like that would be painful because it would just be easy for me to go and do what I'm inspired to eat. Even though I'm not passionate about making or cooking food, I love food, so I wouldn't outsource that. Not because the shopping component brings me joy, but I just don't know that I would enjoy dealing with having to make whatever somebody brings back for me if they get the wrong stuff. Um, Or you wouldn't make it. I'd still, oh, I see. But hang on, but wouldn't you tell them what to get? Yeah, but then they're either going to ask me a bunch of questions or if they don't get quite the right. Like, but then again, like, like, so I'm not somebody that does a shopping list. If I'm shopping just for me, I'm sure my wife would be different. But for instance, it's not relaxing for me to go do the shopping for the family, which I often do. That's not a relaxing thing for my, for Liz necessarily, because there's always something that goes, I get the wrong thing. I don't get the right brand. I don't get the right, you know, oh, no, it was supposed to be the one with no, none of this in it. And I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't know that. Like, and so now the recipe has got to change to correct for that, you know, um, and it's a new chore. I got to bring it back and return it. So it's like, it's just better if I go do it. So there's some stuff like that that I, like I ran into that with some elements of my business, um, where it was really hard to outsource certain tasks because I wasn't, um, I wasn't sure how to do it, uh, it without it introducing a whole new slew of questions where I'd just be like, don't worry, it's just easier for me to do it, which feels like it's a failure when you try to outsource something. Um, but see, but see, if you're going to hire someone to go to the shops and you're saying it's just easier for me to go back, it's not because that's going to happen next week and the next week and the next week. So, if instead, every time you go to the shops, like basically when you go to the shops, you typically buy the same stuff. I understand. So there's a system to that. You can take photos, you can do all yeah. that shit. So I totally get that. But sometimes it feels like an ocean between me and that point. Um, what, to bring someone in and show them? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not a natural delegator, right? So the delegation does not come natural to me. I just naturally tend to get involved more in things. Um, I'm not quite as lazy as you are. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what we're talking about. I knew if I said I want to, del- I want to outsource I'm something, somebody kidding. like you would slap the term lazy on me, right? No. And I want to slap the term on you. Idiot, why are you going down and switching things around? Oh, it'd be easy for me to go down the shops. No, it wouldn't. It'd be easier to put it over the paper for a housekeeper that could learn it once and then just do it for you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So, um, so he's lazy and idiot having a conversation. No, it's, no, but to be quite honest, I've, I've always wanted to be better at that. It doesn't come naturally to me, but I've, I've, uh, forever thought it would just be great if I well, I've worked I've got people that I work with who work for me on my crew doing stuff uh you know Charlie one of my good friends that works with me you know other people that I work around in the trades 
And if I'm just in helping them for a day, doing something on one of our projects, even though I know they look to me to direct on what's what's the solution or how we want something to come together and how we're going to solve a problem, like ultimately it's my decision. But when we're doing a task, like I just I can I just notice how they can be walking and they can tell me what I can go do while they're working. They just they know what I could be doing to prep for the next thing. I don't I don't have that. That doesn't happen in my brain. I don't like I don't have somebody if you're standing next to me while I'm mounting a bracket for something, I'm I'm it like it's it's really difficult for me to be doing that while telling you, you know, Dobbo, why don't you go down, grab the shovel and start, you know, grabbing the wheelbarrow to move this from there, because that's you know, like I, I can do it if I stop and think about it. It just doesn't come naturally. It's not like while I'm walking from one task to another, picking up a tool and moving and just naturally saying that. Like I have to stop and shift my focus and think and then say to you, this is what you can do. And what I generally find I have to do is give you enough information often too much information because i'm acutely aware that i can't give you little bits at a time because that'll interrupt me i just have to give you as much of the project as i can so that you'll come back in an hour not in 10 minutes and it's a stress for me to walk around other people asking like those types of like that type of repetition of what do i do next is highly stressful so if it came to me having somebody looking after my house, that would be the stress. would be like, how am I going to keep them busy if they can't keep themselves busy and they can't see what to do? And just it, it would be a special kind of person that can just jump in and not feel bad about the fact they can see it work, work to be done and just jump in. Because if not, I have more of an issue of filling somebody's time 25% and and not wanting to hire them because I don't know how to fill the other 75% without dragging down my time. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Look, fundamentally the issue there with delegation is it's easy to delegate anything that's that repeats because you've taught them how to do something once. So if, if they're hanging that bracket, if you teach someone how to hang the bracket, then anytime there's a bracket to be done, they can do it because brackets might be a regular part of your business. So, for example, I fold my clothes a certain way and and it's it's different to be. And so, I would show someone, this is how I fold my clothes. And the first time, a couple of times, they'd do it a bit odd. You know, they wouldn't get it. And I'd be like, I oh, know, but that particular item gets folded like this. And But I know that because they're going to repeat it, that once I show them um, then and they get it, they can just do it over and over. Delegating something that is being done as a first time and that requires innovation is is far more difficult because really in an organization like yours, you're the problem solver. But and, and so often see people do this, they say to their teams, Oh, you know, you know, I'm trying to get my people to be initiative to, to use their initiative and think about their solutions, etc. I'm like, no, 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 de- delegate out the repetition and you do the solution thinking, because that's typically who you are. Now, you can actually get people to eventually use their initiative along the way, but that's that's the housekeeper, say, if we use that example, that um, no, you fold your clothes like this, you keep them here, and they go, oh, you know what? I knew the weather was coming in, so I thought I'd bring them in and hang them there, and that way, you know, and they, they inside the parameters, they find so- problem, they solve problems. Because delegation does come naturally to me in some areas, right? But I, I agree that one of the major challenges is do I have enough work for people? But you know, can I put somebody on full time and how much, how long does it take? And yeah, but like if I just look at the way that you put together your wedding, um, you know, that that's the sort of thing where I think, you know, you, you, you're good at not, it's not like you're delegating tasks in a, in a negative way of saying, here you go, do my, it, it's as though I can just see it will come naturally to you where you'll just know how to like here, you know, here, grab that, grab this shovel, we're going over here, we're going to do this, and everybody, you know, just sort of pulls together and begins working. And um, I don't quite do the same thing. Um, you know, The thing is, though, that what I, what I do there, though, is I create the vision. I tell people what we're trying to build. Mm-hmm. And, if it, and if you tell them what, they're tr- what we're trying to do and what the basic parameters are, 
then people generally use their initiative. That being said, there's always something that goes wrong. There's always something where you come back and you go, I, I can't believe that somebody interpreted that like that. Like it was interesting. We ran one of the Live More things a little while ago when I said to Cam, I need butcher's paper for the flip chart. And so he goes off to office works and buys it and comes back. And I said, I'll need, I'll need, you know, two, two of the, um, get two, you know, cause get two of the flip charts. And, it, and I, when he arrives, he's got two rolls of paper. They're like huge, almost industrial size rolls that you might hang in a restaurant and drag down right on the menu and then tear it off. And do, there's two, and I've got no way to put this onto a flip chart. And I'm like, wow, I really thought anyone would know what flip chart paper is. Cause I said, look, there's fancy one flip chart paper, but get the butcher paper. It's cheaper. It's just, it's practical. Oh so yeah. I would have totally understood. Yeah. Butcher paper. Yeah. I would have totally seen myself doing this. Go ahead. Right. And I'm, it's, I'm so, you get, so I've learned that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So it always happens. I think an interesting one was at our wedding was always said, um, so we didn't have an MC for folks. So, um, I introduced us when we came in the room. It wasn't. And then I said, you don't think, I don't think you need an MC. The MC's job's kind of lame. All you need to do is whoever's doing a speech, when you finish, just hand the microphone to the next person. Like, it's pretty straightforward. And that meant that it sometimes people got up to make an announcement, be about food or speeches or drinks. And I never knew who was standing up next. <laughs> it was people we hadn't even mentioned it to ended up with the microphone. And because in that room, you know, half the room could comfortably hold themselves on a microphone. So, so it was more so I said, I, I, you know, you pitch the vision and then there's room for genius and there's also room for failure. But so, yeah, that's, that's natural, but there's always, there's, it's always a cock up. There's always something that goes wrong. Um, you know, like as we hire a housekeeper and go, this is how I iron my shirts. And then you come back and you find they've all got, you know, odd pleats down the front or, you know, that sort of stuff. But, but my question is more so, What's, what do I need to do as a human being? Do I need to be doing my own washing? Do I need to be doing my own dishes? Do I need to be doing my own cooking, my own lawns, cleaning the gutters? At what point, because I feel like my time is better used writing or creating, connecting people for certain projects. And sometimes it's actually doing nothing, which really sounds lame, but it's, you need contract to, to have, to have the next genius, if you want. The next, the next idea to to evolve and grow, whether or not for yourself or other people, or to be creative, it needs times where your brain's not busy. And so, when the cleaners come here at the moment, I'm often just around the house doing stuff, and it's easy to go, "God, they're cleaning," and I'm just sitting here. They must think I'm the laziest person on the planet. But the truth is, if I get caught up in the cleaning, I'm I'm not going to be able to write. Right? I'm not going to be able to do something else. So I'd like to outsource everything i'd like to outsource someone to come and clean my car once a month i'd like someone to organize my office i'd like someone to tidy the backyard i'd just outsource everything like i like gardening but i want to do the gardening not all the stupid maintenance around it so i would too on on just a really simple question level, right? I mean, I would outsource mowing my lawns. I sometimes I quite enjoy mowing my lawns, but I would happily outsource taking care of my entire property if it meant that I freed up more time to spend with my kids. But it sort of become—I mean, it it becomes a the next issue just becomes a funding thing. I mean, you can just keep outsourcing things to the point where. <laughs> You're you're looking at your bank account, going, "Well, this isn't working," or or maybe it's working because freeing it up means you're being more productive, you're earning more money, so you'd keep outsourcing, right? I mean, I think that's the whole point. Is that's where I think it naturally begins to happen. Even for somebody that's not a good outsourcer like me, I do eventually get a bookkeeper because I eventually am sitting there stressing, crunching a number on something, figuring out how to not how to make payroll, how to run payroll, <laughs> and then you know calling my accountant and then going. I mean, this is what happened to me when I first started to do payroll. Like I, I, I enrolled in payroll on QuickBooks. I sat there and 
I, I thought I was doing stuff right. And then I was getting these messages from QuickBooks saying you're behind on your payroll taxes. And I'm like, what are they fucking talking about? I mean, like, I don't get this. Don't you do that on quarterly or whatever? I call my accountant and he just like <laughs> literally swore at me. He's like, Mick, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, what do you mean? He was like, why are you doing this? I was like, I don't know. I thought that's what I got to do. He's like, no, you get a payroll company and it costs you 30 bucks a week and you, you're done. He's like, I'm not even answering this for you. Here's the number. Call it. Sign up. And don't even call me on this again. <laughs> I was like, thank you. It was, the, it was great. And I haven't touched yeah, it again since. And, and I want someone to call me and just say, Mark, what are you doing folding your clothes? Here's a phone number. Get someone to come in. Get on with writing a book. That's what I want. Sorry, I've talked over the top of you, but I, you, 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 that's exactly right, right? So just say it to me. Say it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Dovo, you're not precious enough. You've got to keep following your laundry. I'm sorry. But... um. That's it. That's the point where you're going to start fold, having somebody fold your laundry, right? Is when you're standing there and there's deadlines to be met and you are lo- You can literally see yourself losing income, losing the things that need to happen because you're dealing with this fickle little stupid task and you're just going to go, that is it. I'm picking up the phone now. But when you're when you hire somebody, I don't know, when that pain point's not there, it's a bit harder and, and that's... The point for me is like I can't validate yet going and having somebody come for 100 bucks a week or whatever it's going to cost me for them to low, mow my lawn and, and do everything else that needs to be done. Because See, that's an interesting point because you're talking about not being in the pain yet and I'm not in pain either. I have ambition. So I want to be doing more of something else. So I need to get rid of some stuff. Right. But you're something else is income producing and on a Sunday my something else is not income producing it's it's values based it's it's investment of time that's actually much more important to me but because I don't make more money because I just outsource the lawns I'm um it's just to me it feels like a complete financial loss so I have to be so much further ahead to be able to validate that because it, it i'm not going to say it feels like a frivolous spend it just feels like it, it, there's other things that would be more important like bookkeeping for me to outsource first right so i wouldn't outsource my lawns before i'd outsource my bookkeeping because anything that's within my my the purview of my work life that would increase my potential income should be outsourced before the lawns if I'm strictly looking at it from a financial perspective. Yes, but I'm suggesting we're not looking at it from a financial perspective. Okay. Yours is a happy I'm, I'm suggesting. Yeah, but also if your kids are super important to you and family time's super important to you, and then you're yeah, but you know, I've got to be able to justify it financially. I'm like, yeah, we need to be sustainable, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's not a financial decision, it's a passion decision. It's a family decision. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, there's other things. So for example, yeah. But for example, folding the clothes is probably going to happen out of nine to five, right? So if I, you know, you say the things I delegate out would allow me to do more writing, yes. But I'm talking about delegating, say, washing so that I don't look at it and think I should do that. And as a result, that's one unit of energy that can go to creative thought because that, that comes, up, comes up every week. You look at something, oh, I should move that, I should paint that, I should fix that. And these are units of mental energy that go somewhere else. And then as humans, we end up saying, oh, I can't write the book. And everyone's got their version of it, right? I can't, say, set up the new business or I can't sew that thing for my aunt or whatever. And I can't, you know, there's something you... You can never get around to this this idea that you have. But the truth is, why you're not getting back to it is because you see the things around you and you think they're more important. And we've got to get a point where we say, well, hang on, what is more important? Like for me, I think it's really, I think we live in, in, in an expanding universe that knowledge is expanding, lifestyle is expanding, and our job is to push the boundary of that for the next generation. So there's, and so we've got a role to play. So for me, I think my role is to, if I've got a capacity to say build or 
write or teach or paint or anything, then my role is to do that mm-hmm. because because there's such value in it. I get that, but I don't know quite how to phrase this part right, but there's, there's something – writing's a good example because you hear so many people talk about how much they struggle with it because it's inspiration-based. And I, the only thing – you know, I'm not – I don't consider myself a writer. I'm a good writer. I can write great proposals and write great whatever, but I, I'm not inspired to sit down and write a book, right? But maybe <clears> – <throat> Maybe the equivalent would be something else that I'd like more time for that's inspiration-based, say, music, that I don't get enough time for. Yes, yes, if yes. I, if I outsourced my folding, what I'm aware of is that this you just fill your time with other fickle things. It's not the folding exactly. that's stopping me from doing the inspirational work. And so that's the other problem for me is like, if I outsource it, it doesn't get me closer to music. It just gets me closer to the next stupid thing that I'm going to fill my time with, which could be dusting or it could be sorting through freaking paperwork or whatever it is that I'm just going to go find. Cause I'm going to see that and go, Oh, that really should be done. I should do that. Cause I feel guilty going and spending my time on this lavish music when I really should be, you know, going and doing the mail um so yeah but you see we, we shouldn't be going to do the mail that's not that's my point like i know it's a really important I, conversation to have i realize that right so at yeah. one and, and i, I kind of know this is your your i think is your question yeah. in some ways like at where do you at what point do you sort through like when you're outsourcing to make time for the thing that's important and outsourcing for the sake of outsourcing so you can move on to the next stupid thing and 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 knowing that it was a valid outsource, like that it really did achieve the objective versus just, well, now somebody folds my laundry, but I still do my dishes. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. And this is where we have to decide what, what this, is, this is where we have to decide not what we don't want to do, but what we do want to do. And so if you do want to play the piano for three hours a week, then, then you start to look at what's the ob- what are the obstacles, and we clean them out until we get to a point where we're doing it three hours a week. If we want to not fold washing, then we can delegate that out. But then, where, what are we going to move into? What are we moving towards? And that's when some other crap comes in because we fundamentally don't have the habit of being proactive, of doing the next thing, you know, doing the thing that we choose. Um, and on that goals weekend we ran, I just was kept on harping to people saying like, the art is the moment you get a, a second to yourself, the moment you get choice, don't, don't read your emails, don't check Facebook, don't look at your text messages, don't even listen to your message bank. Do the thing that's going to move you towards the things that you really want to do. That, that's the habit is to, you know, you see the mail coming, don't pick it up, don't open that email. Like it's just... Do the thing. It, it, there will, there'll be a time to do that, but don't do it first. Do the first thing you've got to do is, you know, text that person who you want to have coffee with next week because it's going to create the opportunity. It's the um, contacting the local church saying, "Hey, I'm going to play. I'm keen to join it up and play music on Thursday nights with you." And and you put yourself in a situation where this thing that you want to move towards is end up being scheduled in your diary, and then you do all the other stuff. I agree with that. To the extent that there's 24 hours in the day and the washing is not the freaking problem. No. Right? I but mean, for that, me it the is. problem is you can make that phone call. You can do all of those things that are really, it's like what we, I think, we sometimes fool ourselves to thinking if I can just outsource the washing, I'll have more time to do the things that are really risky that will move me forward. And it's not about the washing. It's about to just do the risky things when like when we're on and so i don't feel the same stress on stuff like the dishes and folding laundry i do it a lot i probably do dishes every night and usually every morning at least every second morning or so but every night i'm always doing that and i've 
tended to find my routine is that that's my time. Like that's my time to turn on Pandora or YouTube and just go back in time and listen to, I'll sometimes just find old songs I love to listen to or a comedian or I'll listen to a book on tape or a podcast. It's like I've switched off and I do the exact same thing when I'm mowing the lawn um, and when I'm folding laundry. I don't find... I find laundry stressful when I'm having to fold in the middle of the day when the kids are around, they run around everywhere and there's other stuff to be done and I'm trying to do the laundry while I'm trying to also like get the kids dressed. Like that's not, that's totally stressful. I'd want to outsource that in a second. But sometimes I'm just like, I'm just going to go fold the laundry because it's there. It's a huge pile. It's a 45 minute task and I can soak into that. Um, and it's like, it feels more like a meditation exercise. Um, and sometimes it is, and sometimes I mow the lawn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's not like, and they just don't need to come in. But for me, though, you know, that when I look at the washing, though, what I'm noticing is, for me, I I've probably do have the habit where I make something happen. I do have the habit where I'm not necessarily a reactor. I think, what do I want to do next? And And so for me, that... The washing just a metaphor. Could be anything, right? Could be mail. Could be painting the fence. But it's like for that, to do the washing to see it there. That's mental energy. That that's that's like, like a guilt that hangs over you. That needs to be done, and it lingers, and it means you don't have real free thought. Like it's like ex- when you exercise, and so when you exercise, the only way you can oh, we talk about talked about this before I think but if you do tell you the maximum number of push-ups you can do is 23 and then you collapse and you can't do any more but with rests a minute or two you can do more and with a proper rest you could the next day you can do 24 25 you get stronger and I find that I believe as humans we don't have enough contrast between when we're fully applying ourselves to our craft and using a lot of mental energy and then doing nothing you know, like I, I'm actually finding like the number of things that pop up on my screen, like Apple and technology think they're all so clever. Oh, here's an email pops up from so-and-so. Hey, so-and-so on the ads. It's like, hey, John, how are you doing? What are you working on? No, no, these are complete distractions. These are just noise and they distract us. We live in a reactionary state. We constantly have to reconnect to it. So I'm thinking, well, if I've created a habit where I do actually am proactive, where I am, people know that I don't, text back until certain times and I call back till certain times. Um, now I'm like wanting to push that boundary and, and start to let go of things because I don't want them on my mind. Yeah. It's just that I don't find that laundry or dishes weigh heavily on me. What, what does work stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what does. There's no, it doesn't feel like I have a repetitious task that ever weighs heavily on me. I can't identify something where I'm like, oh man, if I could just get rid of that, it would just free up so much more of this or that. Like, I I don't know where I'd find that. I'm aware of things that would free up more time that would be great not to have to do, but they don't, they're not things that. You know, like I see around me that provide me stress. Like if I see the grass is long and it's a Wednesday, I'm not like stressing about the fact that on Sunday I've got to mow the lawn and find time to do that. It's just like if I don't do it Sunday, I'll just wait till the following week. I do like it. It doesn't. Sometimes I'll feel that when I look at the kitchen and I go, oh, my gosh, like, holy shit, this is going to take a colossal amount of effort to get this in shape but then i just transition into like well i'm gonna like go find some great whatever music or a great book and listen to it while i do this and just enjoy it um hmm. see the other thing that i think might be a good example is it's not say doing dishes because we functionally need to do them all the time you can't have anybody somebody just standing next to you ready to always do your dishes but what you but, but the other things that hang over is our cleaning the fridge or, or cleaning the oven, or um, given something a certain, you know, a proper scrub, you know, because he's like, oh, I need to clean out those drawers properly. Like something, 
where you just keep, every time you see, you still, God damn, I've got to do that. Well, the other thing is that, the, you know, like you're doing the dishes in the evening and that's fine. And I get the meditative nature of that, right? Because also it means that, say, Liz might put the kids down or she's just reading a book, she's just winding down. It, it, it's, it, it, serves the, it serves the household, right? But there's other times when what would really serve the household, and maybe not during that time slot, right? Maybe the dishes stay, but there's another time when that what would really serve the household is playing the piano. Or, and maybe that means being home earlier, or maybe it means, um, like, for example, a friend of mine had a big, uh, we had a massive discussion about that with him and his wife about, he didn't think that the kids needed to play weekend sport. In Australia, weekend sport's a big thing. In, I'm not sure how it works in the States, um, but in America, in Australia rather, um, it's common for people to play, say, football in the afternoon or basketball, and then and parents can be driving their kids around all weekend, running around to all these different sporting activities. And he said, I just don't think they should because it damages the family time too much because all we're doing is sit in cars while they play a sport that they're not really even that passionate about. And it's a fantastic discussion because how do you measure if they're passionate about it? When is it important for them to be doing it? Um, maybe there's right. Maybe who else is missing out because they're just sitting in the car waiting. You get home and you're exhausted and you don't have the joy to hang out with your family. Um, so this is, a, you know, another question, like when is it that we could be doing, we should need to let go of that because it's not allowing us to create the family life or the life or the mental state we want. I think it's just so fascinating. I love it. Mm. Topic. I do. I, I, I see what you, yeah, I, I see what you're talking about with when it comes to parenting. It was an interesting observation. Once we had kids, um, was I? I would think about all the people that I had worked around in the business world, productive people, and. I would compare that to, say, Liz, when she would be given an hour of babysitting time. And I was like, it just, it was so, like, she'd just be so motivated and so productive because of how much she valued the fact that there's an hour, like two hours, whatever. It was like so much appreciation and also just like hyper productivity. And... So there's an element to what you're saying that I also respect, which is like, cause I do feel compelled on that. So it's not so much a guilt thing as it is an opportunity that if, if I was going to actually pay somebody to come fold my laundry and do my lawns, I'm not going to sit and watch the freaking football or the cricket. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be productive. And so it would probably inspire me to do those phone calls and do the things that really should be done because I'm like, well, shit, I'm paying no. somebody to do this other stuff. See, that's right. See how justifiable it is there where it's not about money in, money it's out. It's totally well, if no. I'm going to spend that money, mm-hmm. you know. I get that. I, I, I get that. Make, it becomes yeah, an accountability yeah. mechanism. Now, I think it's yeah. a certain, mm. certain kind of individual that will get motivated by that. And there's a lot of other folks that I could imagine would just be happy to have the villains mode and watch the freaking football. Um, and um, I guess I get that. But so from that perspective, I can appreciate it too, right? Is the value of that time um, because you feel like you're paying for it at some level. It, it's costing you something, whether it's costing guilt or, or it's costing money or it's costing um, you know, or just a full appreciation for the time. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I went to a counselor years ago and um, had all these questions for her. You know, I'm always going to gurus. And uh, actually, less so lately. I like a good guru, but um, and she asked me all these questions, and she commented on some stuff. And I, and later in the discussion, she said, "Mark, why not mention those things before? You didn't even ask. Oh, say, you know, gee, that's interesting, and ask a follow up question as if I had really poor social skills, and you know that I was so self absorbed. And uh, and she was saying, you know, like you know, you need to be open to other people's thoughts and feelings and stuff. And what was actually going through my head was. I'm paying money to be here. I, I, this is not about you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here to learn some stuff. And they go, that's really nice that you've done that. Um, great. Now let's just get onto this topic. And because, because if there wasn't money involved, I would have had that chat, but I'm getting paid. And often I have people, you know, that I coach say, they ask, oh, how are you doing and stuff as if there's this, 
um, it's necessary to also care about me. And I'm like, well, no, no, yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It, it's the, the reciprocation is that there's a transaction. And, uh, yeah, as soon as there's money being paid, I'm, I'm looking at that time quite differently. That's right. It so, just needs to be capitalized on. That's right. Mm. So that's where I do see the, it's the value. Mm. Like it, you're placing a value on mm. it. You're, you're now exchanging mm. it into, to, you're turning a, a task like mowing the lawn and saying, well, that costs me an hour with my children or an hour from being able to do some quiet work while the kids are sleeping on a Sunday, which is sometimes what it costs me. Whatever it is. Now I'm all of a sudden going, that is worth $100. Is it worth a hundred dollars? I don't know. Well, if it's, oh, I think it's actually worth twenty five. But I'm paying a hundred, so how can I make it into a hundred? It's like, well, I get a freaking work, right? I mean, it's just simple mechanism. But um, uh, I, I, when you're talking about the parenting thing, um, you know, like the the the, the, the sports and and um, I mean, I don't, I don't think. It's so much about an issue of like delegating parenting, um, but it just made me start to think about things like that that are where I wouldn't call it so much delegation as it is starting to select how you use your time and what the value of that is. And, and I guess that's where I was coming down to, right? Is like, is it really about the washing or is it about the fact that you've got your kids in seven different sports and that's what you need to actually spend your time analyzing? Because those are really good questions. I agree. And I think that's really what I was sort of getting to was like, how do you delineate between whether you're just spending your time on something? I mean, you're, you're, at, you're, you're agonizing over whether to get somebody to come do the dishes in the laundry, but meantime, you're scheduled up the wazoo doing stuff that just doesn't need to be done. And how, how do you, how do you, how are you going to walk through that? Right? Like, so if you do get somebody to come do the, the laundry and the, and the dishes, how are you going to account for the rest of your week to know whether you're really freeing up enough time there? Yeah. See, I'm, I'm yeah. Like I probably um, wouldn't even, you know, my measure is probably self driven. I'd just be like, well, I'm not, I'm not thinking about it. See, I know I'm not thinking about it anymore. So therefore my mental attention is going somewhere else. And that, I just know that like, it's like, um, you know, like Hackett used to watch, you know, seven DVDs a week because he said, when I'm watching a DVD, I'm resting. If I'm not watching a DVD, I'll be doing something and my body won't be resting. And therefore, when I get to training, I'm already a little bit tired. And so for me, I know my brain, if I want to mentally apply myself to something in a significant way, I need to just have switched it off, like off, 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 not not thinking about another thing, not worried about something. In life, that's challenging in life, but there's some things that I can get out of the way. And, um, you know, even like I look around at my office space, it's pretty simple. It doesn't need, don't need much. But if somebody came in here and just organized it and tidied it so that I didn't have to do it, I'll be over the moon. Because it's just another, because I start pottering around and I start, you know, I don't know, tying up this cable or putting this pen in here. And I'll, I actually say, is this a good use of my time? You're tidying. You could, you could be bloody doing a thousand different things right now. You could be having an awesome conversation with a family member. You could be buying a gift for someone who deserves a gift. You could be um, writing that note that you've always thought about doing. You could be doing something professional and you're cleaning. Is this really worth it? And some days it is worth it. This is an important task and it makes all in that environment feel great. And there's other times where you're like, this is just... This is stupid. It just doesn't matter. Um, today, like I look at the greats, the real greats, the, the artists and the painters, their life's so far out of balance because they don't do that shit. Yeah. They just say paint. They just do that one thing. <laughs> I've often, uh, I haven't thought so much about like the delegation side of things as I have. I was like, I wonder what it would be like. I'd love to just try it out for a two weeks <laughs> two weeks i know i nearly said it <laughs> but just to have somebody that is kind of like a personal assistant but like to the point where a president or you know like uh somebody who is highly highly valuable to the point where every minute 
like I, I was like it would just be so interesting to show up into the office and the minute I get there there's somebody saying okay you got to send this email and then like at like whatever 9:15 there's a call with so and so that's got to be done by 9:30 because at this time this person's showing up and like they're just like mapping out everything that's going to happen it's all new to me so it's exciting but it's like it's heavily charged i'm like if they just did that with me for like 3 hours like based on my other experiences and experiments of just working half a day or whatever i just know i can get more stuff done but sometimes that even that half day like i can leave being super productive but not completely sure whether i worked on the right stuff or not every day so I don't know. I just, just like that. That would be interesting to me. Is like having somebody who just maps out everything and just lines it all up. The calls are scheduled. Everything's figured out. They manage my calendar, and I just execute. I don't have to think about what to do next. Like sometimes that is what actually feels like I'd most prefer to outsource. Is is the thinking about what has to happen next, but just actually just being able to roll from one thing to the other. Um, that's where I feel like I interrupt my, like my being in the zone. So I can be like cranking out a, a great proposal, which is what was happening today. I like just, I just kicked it for like two hours. I finished a big task and then what should I do next? Um, 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 I was like, oh, should I do this or that? And then somebody called me and I was like, it was lost. It was done. It was so hard to get back to where I needed to be. Well, see, that's, that's the, that's the art is to understand how to handle that stuff. Yeah. So what I've learned and noticed and, you know, I consult about this, by the way, I've got about four minutes. I've got to go, but, um, is that I know that my mornings are really productive. So I coach in the afternoons because coaching doesn't require a lot of mental thought. It's not that I'm not thinking and not switched on. It's just that it doesn't require creative thought. So in the mornings, I've got my diary. So they're, they're mine and I coach in the evening, in the afternoons. Um, and also I do phone calls in the afternoons, but my diary is amazing now. I just send someone off an email and it says they book in a time to call. So I know I've got to call someone in 10 minutes. And it's, and it's, it's so great to just, to know that in the morning I get the powerful stuff done and in the afternoon I do maintenance on things or, or, you know, things that aren't necessarily driving it forward. They're, the, they're like business as usual. And, you know, it doesn't go like that every day, but it goes like that a lot. And, it, and the other thing that I do is I'm, I'm fairly good at because I set my goals early in the year. I generally know what I'm moving towards, and I try to most days of the week, not every day, but most days I'll I'll journal first and just say, All right, what what has to happen today? What's the what's the big play? You know, or what's the and a big play doesn't mean it's you know doing advertising on you know. I don't know, national television or something. Sometimes a big player is just shooting off that email or that text message to book something in that's going to liberate you. So, but what's the thing? If I do that, it liberates me. And so I really do that in the mornings. And I find that I can't really start my engines creatively and mentally um, once I've stopped the morning. Like once the st- once that morning roll's done. Like I, I can't coach in the morning and then write a book in the afternoon. That's just doesn't. That's just not an option. Hmm. Um, yeah, we've talked about that before and worked that way before, but that's actually an interesting thing to play around with, to experiment with, so to speak, is is just that, like trying to see about trying to schedule stuff in the afternoon, like conference calls and presentations and webinars and all that other crap, and, and the first part of the day just being, for me, purely proposal-based and execution-based, you know, calling for prices on stuff and getting all of the, like, the nitty-gritty hard work done. So then the afternoon is more about future work. And hmm. Yeah, because I used to be um, – I used to have my meetings first thing, so I'd get up and crack, you know, get get up, start the day, crack and get some stuff done. Then I realized over time that then I'd get home and go, now what? And then I'd say, oh, I need to do that document or I need to focus on that particular project – and my mental energy was just not the same. I couldn't start the engine. So what's been interesting about having an automated calendar where people can just go online and look at, do they want to book a 30 minutes with me or, you know, and these are for clients. These aren't just randoms, but these, you know, 30 minutes here, or do they need an hour and a half or what do they need? And I've actually scheduled the parameters around that. So, you know, you can book those on Wednesdays and Tuesdays, but you can't book them on Fridays. Like you can't book them now, for example, because one booked in four minutes, but um, because, you know, and you would be done by now essentially, but, What's been interesting is when they pop up in my calendar because someone's booked it, 
it's interesting my emotional response to that. I'm like, oh, I started to notice if they were too early in the day, I'd be like, oh, damn, that's going to break my day up a bit. And so that I started to notice because the system was in place and I had to write the rules about what I wanted. Um, over time, I've, I've evolved them and now the, I'm noticing I need mornings free unless it's a client that, you know, this is the only time that works or it's worth it, you know. So it's the, it's the ideal rule unless there's an exception due to um, – you know, just due to business elements and life and stuff, it's mm. um, it's it's going it's going great actually. Oh, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff to mull on a little so bit. So anyway, I am gonna. To... So the conclusion is that I am gonna hire someone to do everything. Well, you should read that book that I was going to talk to about as well, which we don't have time for now. But AJ Jacobs. Uh, you need to look him up. He wrote a book on outsourcing everything and he tri- like literally did it by the book to the point where he outsourced his arguments with his wife, like to that level. <laughs> and he wrote all of our How findings. How do you do that? I don't know, but this is what he talked about and he wrote a book about it. And uh, he's like, he's a master at all this sort of stuff. So, um, so RJ Williams, did you say? AJ Jacobs. Yeah, he's like a year of a year of living biblically to the point like he had the long beard and the robe walking through Central Park and throwing really? stones at people that were adulterers. Like he did the whole thing. Like he'll just wow. take entire years of his life and dedicate it to particular things. And one of those was outsourcing everything. So he just he just took it to the X like just a ridiculous degree and then what? wrote about the findings. So AJ Jacobs. What's that called, that book? I think it's, uh, I don't know, just, I think if you just Google AJ Jacobs outsource and then uh, have your your VA from India start uh, corresponding with B, I'm sure she'd be really (laughs) bloody (laughs) appreciative. (laughs) Oh, that would go down great. Mate, it's always a pleasure. I look forward to chatting next week, although it may not be me. I'm going to put you on to my... um, (laughs) I'm going to put to my. I'm going to outsource my role on risking failure. Imagine that. Hello, this is Mark speaking. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, I'm uh... very, very happy to be talking today. <laughs> I am in India with my good friend Mick Dunn on the other side of the world. <laughs> oh no, you have to pretend that I am Mark Dobson in Australia, well, via India, and some very clever technical cabling oh, <laughs> across man. the planet. Um, that's great alright now I will chat to you next week I'll, uh, you're the last thing I'll outsource thanks mate have a good one cheers everyone right. always a pleasure mate see you mate you've been listening to Risking Failure to join the community and access more free content news and updates subscribe at riskingfailure.com dot